And I don't want to create tension in your relationship, but I got to get to the bottom of this. Was there really 40 things on your <laughs> list of enterprises you wanted to try out? <laughs> I believe that is a low estimate, but... I'm going to have to go back and count them. I still I'm, got the binder. I'm going to go I'm going to go count them. I think it was probably more like, oh, let's see, maybe seven, I maybe? bet you dinner tonight. <laughs> you mean I have to cook? Is that what you mean? No, you could take me to Wausau. <laughs> Welcome to the 306th installment of Ear to the Ground, the Land Stewardship Project's podcast on family farming, regenerative agriculture, community food systems, and local democracy. I'm Brian DeVore, editor of the Land Stewardship Letter. Okay, there's obviously a bit of a disagreement over how many enterprises were originally on the wish list for Ruda Bungalow Farm. But one fact is clear. Hannah Frank and Justin Thomas have used the holistic training they received through LSP's Farm Beginnings course to narrow down what they'll focus on and to figure out how to balance profitability and environmental resiliency, along with a little fun. Since buying 12 acres of a former dairy farm from Hannah's father, Dale, in 2021, Frank and Thomas have been busy building a diverse operation in north-central Wisconsin's Marathon County. They've planted an apple orchard, as well as berry bushes. They've also launched a fast-growing shiitake and oyster mushroom production business, which has allowed them to test the waters of the local foods market. Hannah and Justin have erected two hoop houses and a deer fence and dabbled in enterprises like pastured pork production. Both work off the farm on neighboring organic vegetable operations. Hannah is at Cattail Organics, and Justin works at Stony Acres Farm. Their eventual goal is to be able to live and work full-time on their own operation, Ruta Bungalow Farm, which got its name by combining local family lore with the couple's love of the chef and foodie icon, Julia Child. But making the farm a full-time business will be a few years off. Right now, they're getting their infrastructure set up and figuring out what enterprises fit best with the land as well as their own personal lifestyle goals. That's where the holistic management training they receive through Farm Beginnings comes in handy. Holistic management which was developed four decades ago by Alan Savory, focuses on big-picture decision-making and goal-setting processes. Over the years, holistic management has helped farmers of all types achieve a triple bottom line of sustainable, economic, environmental, and social benefits. In a holistic management system, a farmer's quality of life is put on the same level as the health of the soil or the operation's economic viability. Holistic management relies on a process of constantly monitoring, whether a certain decision on the farm is helping meet long-term overall goals or is just an off-ramp towards something that in the end may undermine a farmer's values and needs. LSP's Farm Beginnings Program has made holistic management training a significant component of its annual classes. Farm Beginnings is a 12-month training session that helps students clarify their goals and strengths, establish a strong enterprise plan, and start building their operation. Farm Beginnings focuses on the business management skills of farming, and the course uses a mix of farmer-led classroom sessions, on-farm tours, and an extensive farmer network. Hannah and Justin took the class during the winter of 2019-2020 in Menominee, Wisconsin. Setting lots of goals for a new farming operation can be fun and exciting, but coming to the realization that some of those goals aren't realistic is difficult and at times heart-wrenching. For example, 
Hannah had long dreamed of bringing dairy farming back to her family's land. She even studied cheesemaking, and she and Justin worked on dairies in Italy and France. But the economic and lifestyle realities of dairying on a small scale in the area eventually set in. The couple has decided instead to focus on enterprises like fruit and mushrooms. On a summer day, Justin and Hannah gave me a tour of their orchard plantings and hoop houses. Afterwards, they talked about how holistic management helped them narrow down that wish list of enterprises and how critical it's been to have other farmers in the neighborhood who are making a go of it by stepping out of the conventional mainstream. Such a network has helped show them that the brain drain which plagues many rural communities is not inevitable. Hannah started our conversation talking about the difficult decision to give up her dairy farming dream and how holistic thinking helped her be at peace with that choice. So Hannah, you grew up on the dairy farm literally 100 yards from here, across the fence, and um, you went to University of Wisconsin-River Falls, studied agriculture, and studied cheesemaking, both, I think, here and in overseas in Europe. So you were really committed on, frankly, and I know this is hard to talk about, but you thought, well, I'm going to come back and revitalize the dairy farm by doing a micro-dairy. And you kind of learned through your experience and seeing some other things, but also maybe through farm beginnings and through the holistic planning and all of that and talking to other farmers, maybe farming was in your future, but maybe not dairy farming. That must have been kind of hard and, and yeah, to kind of go through that thought process a little bit. Yeah, I had my heart set on it for a while. And I still like really, I in my heart, it's still like a very dreamy thing. But I just know that that's not actually the reality. I mean, at least for us, like with our lifestyle that we enjoy and like for you, like we're farming together, Justin. So like I knew that you were just totally, it wasn't something that you were really excited about doing. And in addition to that, just like, I don't know at the time, especially that we were in the financial position to like put up a, a really expensive creamery and then go through the regulatory process and all of that. But yeah, just like I was very guilty about it. Um, for a while I felt, um, like I was letting people down that I had told that I was going to come back, especially like my dad who was really, I know affected by like having to sell the cows when I was younger, but like going through farm beginnings, doing the holistic, um, just kind of analysis of like what I wanted, what you wanted, Justin, it helped us realize that we shouldn't do, we shouldn't just do it, you know, to do it. It, it has to be something that we, that meshes with our lifestyle that we're going to be happy doing. And if we're not going to be happy doing it, or it's going to be like a source of stress and anxiety and fear and all this stuff, then it's not worth us going through that when there's other things and other aspects of farming that we really really enjoy and we really enjoy being outside in the sun we enjoy growing lots of different plants and the mushrooms are really awesome and so we've like found that um to be a better fit for us and that's okay and it uh, going through farm beginnings did help me realize that for sure um because I was holding on to that guilt and trying to figure out a way to make it work that both of us would be happy with and we just couldn't we couldn't do it and and that's okay. It just, it wasn't something that fit in with the lifestyle that we wanted. And that's something that we really got to evaluate because of the holistic planning exercises. That was like, it's just kind of hard to like have a normal, conver- maybe not hard, but it, it is kind of hard to just like have a normal conversation about that kind of thing. Like it doesn't just like come up very easily or it's like stressful to talk about. But in class, when we were doing it as an exercise, it 
was really, really helpful for us to both kind of just like lay out the things that we both wanted to be happy, to be um, not totally was, stressed. Yeah. One of those was travel. We yeah, were we both really do. traveling in Europe some and Hawaii and it would have been very tough to keep cows and livestock through the winter and not have our time off. Yeah, and farming is like a hard and stressful job and we really love it, but like we can't, I think one of the things we realize is that we don't want to have to give up everything that we do like. And so like finding that balance, not that we've fully perfected that yet, totally. We're still working on that, but yeah, just like being able to like evaluate that and see like what what made sense for us, um, especially at the time, but also going into the future, like maybe if we, I don't know if we're going to have kids or not, but like, yeah, just thinking about all the things that we wanted to have over the next, especially like five to 10 years and like deciding, yeah, just narrowing down those enterprises, picking things that were like interesting enough to us that we were going to be like fulfilled by them, but that also are like totally not going to bring in a lot of profit. That was something that we were able to kind of look at through Farm Beginnings. We still try things that we that we try a little bit for fun. But I think just definitely, like, it just helped you frame what you wanted in a way that you, we normally just don't do in everyday life. Um, and that's very useful. And it, it definitely, like, you know, you don't always think it's going to apply to this, like, a farming situation. But it definitely did. Like, what makes you happy and what you want out of life and everything like that is, like, so 100% connected to how we farm. I think that's a really good point. That's one of the things that holistic management really focuses on is putting the farmer's quality of life on the same level as health of the soil, uh, productivity, that kind of thing, and and not ignoring, as well as environmental benefits, Mm -hmm. that they're all on the same level. It's not like one is subservient to the other kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, because if we can't, if we're like so like mentally broken down by farming, then we definitely can't do it successfully or well. And then we can't feed people, and that's not good. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah. And then you, you, there's, yeah, it, it's defeated its purpose. Yeah, you just worked exactly. yourself uh, into the ground and, and literally and yeah. <laughs> figuratively. And it sounds like being able to, you alluded to this earlier, but being able to bounce off some of the questions that came up through that planning process off of each other kind of helped a little bit because yeah. also you're not just farming as business partners you're married and so you have to live together and you're doing you're in business together kind of thing so that must be an important piece of thing we weren't even married at the time but it's like good marriage counseling but but yeah i we have to like find ways to not drive each other crazy working i mean and i love you so much but working with anyone family like who you're married to whatever it's like not easy because like all the little things come out like I know I probably drive you crazy sometimes but like we definitely I I'm trying to think of it was just yeah our holistic goal I think just talking about like what we were going to do like each day we'll make each other dinner we will be grateful to each other you know like outlining that so like even though maybe at that time it seemed so obvious but like when you're like, oh, you're exhausted and you're crabby and nothing is going right on the farm. Like, it, like t- to be able to, like, think of that as, like, your goal, even when it's hard to carry it out, is, like, very, it's good to have that as the basis of the relationship and, like, how the farm is run. Yeah, is that, is that something you th- thought about, Justin? I mean, did, was that helpful for you, too? Or I think it definitely is helpful, and I think we should probably revisit that goal more often. <laughs> so often I... Forget to make dinner (laughs) and go to bed when I get home. 
after working all day. Well, we'll revisit that goal and yeah. see, see what that says. Yeah. And I don't want to create tension in your relationship, but i got to get to the bottom of this. Was there really 40 things on your <laughs> list of enterprises you wanted to try out? <laughs> I believe that is a low estimate, but... I'm going to have to go back and count them. I still I'm, got the binder. I'm going to go I'm going to go count them. I think it was probably more like, let's see, maybe seven, I maybe? bet you dinner tonight. <laughs> I mean, I have to cook? Is that what you mean? No, you could take me to Wausau. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think we'll be hearing more about this. Uh, sorry to bring that up, that bad issue. Up. And that's what I think that class teaches is, well, so what are what is it that you have what unfair advantage do you have? In this case, you have some land mm-hmm. that you can do. You both have these skills that you've learned on other farms. But the other thing I think you really have here that's really key is you have a really nice network. There's two, you, you both work on two different vegetable operations here mm-hmm. that are kind of pioneers and leaders in the area in organic vegetable production. So you've seen people who are carving out a living by not doing the conventional corn, soybean, or even the big dairy type thing. That must be really really helpful to have that in an area that otherwise is surrounded by pretty conventional ag but right here you kind of have a nice little uh, network here of kind of regenerative agriculture yeah we're a cool little neighborhood but it's totally it's been so helpful they've been great mentors to us um that's stony acres farm and cattail organics Mm -hmm. um also red door family farm but yeah with there they've been i mean truly it's been probably indispensable to us being um, even a little bit successful as being part of this neighborhood, having them teach us how to do pretty much everything. Also my dad, but yeah. um, when it comes to farming, just introducing us to the community of people who are very supportive of local food and creating a strong local food system. And now I feel like we have people who know us, people at market who already know us um, just because of our connection to these other farms. And that's really helpful. Uh, we, we're looking around, you're, like I said, you're putting in the fruit trees and it's kind of a long game that you're playing here, but you're able to kind of build this up slowly. You, you do have a market right now for your mushrooms, so you're kind of seeing maybe what what there's some near-term potential, but you're still able to work these off-farm jobs. So one thing I was wondering with Farm Beginnings is you were in a class with, a, there were some other people who were interested in doing what you're doing specifically, but I wonder if that was as important as being just with another other groups of farmers who are who see potential and see uh, some opportunities in agriculture that aren't the big conventional corn soybean or big dairy CAFO type model but are kind of in this regenerative mode and see opportunities there not just like oh we're going to try to homestead or whatever but Mm -hmm. see a way to make a viable living and you know like I said don't take this the wrong way but (laughs) are just as crazy as you are if that's that moral support is an important part of the class as well. Yeah, totally. It's very inspiring. And yeah, it makes, and it's people from like, you know, all different places from the city doing, wanting to do urban stuff, um, rural, um, people of all ages. And that's experience levels. Yeah. And it's really, yeah, it's like a lot of energy, positive energy, and it makes you feel good that things are happening and um, things are going to change, hopefully, in agriculture, and they already are, but very helpful and good to like bounce ideas off people, even like, even when people might not be doing what you're doing, like people still often have good ideas and really smart ways of thinking about things that maybe you never considered. So looking at it from a different point of view. So totally helpful. Yeah, it's nice to see different equipment that people use for different things and seeing how we could adapt it to our farm. 
And it's also good to see that everything doesn't have to be perfect. It can still work. That's a really good point that you brought up was that going to field days or, or just visiting other farms, it's actually really valuable to see not everything perfect, not that they are, it's a lot of hard work behind this too. I think that's a really, rather than just the picture perfect successful farming magazine cover story type of thing. It makes me feel good to know that like, yeah, there's like actual humans behind this. And when we make a mistake, it's okay. We can come back from it. It's not the end of the world. And everyone does it. And there's a lot of like unknowns in farming and a lot of just, yeah, everything is like so dependent on weather and, and just things that are outside of your control. And so you have to give yourself some grace. And seeing other farms that are doing that is just very, it's so, it's so good for my mental health, I think. In five to ten years, where would you like to see this, see yourselves and see the farm? Kind of, you know, I know you think, it sounds like you think about that a lot. I would like to be working on farm fully, like not other off farm, so maybe in the winter, but within 10 years. I would like to be able to hire an employee and also um, compensate my father who has helps us so, so much on the farm. And I would really, really like to live on the farm. And that is so important, I think. Living on farm is going to be a big help to us. And yeah, I would really like to expand mushroom production as well. I think we're going to go places with the mushrooms, so... How about you, Justin? I would like to live on farm, of course. <laughs> I still want to dabble a little off-farm work because it helps me get experience and see different ways to look at things. I would love to be making elderberry wine and sitting in the hammock at the end of the night drinking a glass of elderberry wine <laughs> and looking out over our vast expanses of land. Uh-huh. A big land holder. Uh, and you already have the hammock set up yes. here in the hoof oh house, God. so you're already planning ahead. You don't have to take time to hang them up. They're already there. You're both from this area. You both grew up in this area. That's kind of, you know, there's the everybody. There's a big, a lot of talk about the brain drain of rural America. Is it kind of cool to think, hey, we're, we came back, you know, and yeah. we're, we're trying to make a go of it in this community, in the community that we grew up in? Yeah, I think it's I think it's really special. I and it's so important. Like we should make this a community where people want to and that's I hope what we're working toward doing where people want to stay here. Um cuz this is a good place to be. It just needs some work and yeah, and to make bringing people more in. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And just like being a being a good neighbor like even with people who I mean definitely in rural areas people are they often have different viewpoints and than you might have, but like, yeah, being able to come back and still be friends or be neighborly and um, just kind of like getting past that so we can see that like we're all, like we all like to eat good food. We all like to have clean air and, you know, beautiful fields of, that are productive and, you know, a good local economy and all this stuff. We all want that. And so I hope that like, yeah, I hope more people will come back home and like work through the, the issues that there are because it's, I think it's going to be worth it in the end that we try to like save these important rural places because there's a lot of, you know, there is a lot of knowledge like that's being lost all the time. Like my grandparents, my dad, like they have so much farming knowledge, even though it's not always like exactly applicable to what we're doing, but it's like totally useful, like how to like, just how they know the land, like where, where it's wet, where, 
um, where the swamps are, where like the springs are, whatever, like, or which trees are which trees, you know, this is all knowledge that like might be lost if people don't like keep like trying to learn these skills and learn them from people who were really experts at it. Yeah. I love that we came back. It's great. It's so important for people to do that. Well, Justin, you, you kind of mentioned this, but it sounds like part of this, the, the fun part about coming back and making a go over here is maybe trying to make this a place where other folks want to, you know, want to maybe do the same thing or, or attract new people into the area. Yeah, I believe that we sort of have that going for us now. Working on the two farms that we work on, the people that come for the summer often stay to build their own enterprises and... They see the romance in being here in the middle of nowhere, kind of the middle of nowhere. It's the middle of somewhere. (laughs) It's the middle of the world, the middle of your world. (laughs) And we're very cold in the winter, but you know what? We're very, I do believe that as, and I think climate change is going to become way more, um, unfortunately, more like the weather's just going to become so volatile and it's going to be bad in coastal areas and whatnot, but we have probably one of like the I don't know it's going to become like a very good place to grow food as other places become more marginal for growing food um, because we're pretty calm here mm. in terms of like crazy weather other than the cold yeah getting the farms established so that they are growing a good like reliable source of food for people is going to be important in the future For more information on LSP's Farm Beginnings course, see the podcast page for Ear to the Ground episode 306 at landstewardshipproject.org. If you have comments or suggestions about this podcast, contact Brian DeVore at bdevore at landstewardshipproject.org or you can call 612-816-9342. By the way, it helps us greatly if you can give Ear to the Ground a rating on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or whatever podcast platform you utilize. Thanks to Laura Borgendale, a Western Minnesota musician, for Ear to the Ground's theme music. And a special thank you to all of Land Stewardship Project's members who make initiatives such as this podcast possible. If you're not a member, visit landstewardshipproject.org to learn how you can support LSP. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 